Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the AI Comic Pod. This is number episode 57 and we are, what feels like finally, but it's it's only recently come out, talking about Black Panther. This film is huge on, on many, many scales. So not only is it performing exceptionally well at the box office um, and the second biggest ever opening weekend or opening four days behind The Force Awakens, um, $242 million, I think. Dollars. Um, it's already grossed $750 million, yet to open in China, Japan. It could be one of the biggest films, I think, in, in our kind of generation. So there's a lot to talk about it on that level, a lot to talk about on an MCU level, and then a significant amount to talk about on the kind of cultural significance of the film. And we did a little bit of that in the preview, but I think there's so much more to cover now we've seen what is a wonderful film. Um, as always, I'm joined by Stu, and we also have another guest. How are you doing, Stu? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Um, our debutant this evening is a lady who's she's always interacting and tweeting and, and, and really getting involved, and we wanted her to be on the podcast for a while. Um, it is Zara Zaidi. How are you doing? Fantastic. I can't believe I'm on. I know. It's great. You do, it's know, great. You're not getting, you. You do know you're not getting paid for it. I, I don't know oh. if Rory promised anything, but there is no salary for this. Oh, damn. I'm going to have to have a word with Gags, I tell you. Well, yeah, Gags, Gags doesn't pay us. I mean, you need, to get, you need to get a better agent. <laughs> <laughs> but we asked you to come on this. I think we've, we've discussed it a few times, and you're I'm so keen on this subject, probably before this film came out, and I know you've read the comics and just have a lot invested in this film and I mean initial impacts you know what did you feel coming out of the cinema when you watched this the first time Uh, well I was actually so nervous going in because I was for me the diversity aspect was massive the representation aspect was massive I mean remember you're coming off movies like Star Wars where you could not have a black stormtrooper uh, you know it, it was just, you know, it, so I was nervous sitting in the first view, and I've seen it three times now. It was a great addition to the MCU, great storytelling, acting, visuals, action sequences. I mean, I 
and it's got such a big part in the real message. Yeah, I think that's the thing. The message is, the message really, really took me for six. Actually, I, I didn't think they'd be as brave to tell the story. And I, th- I think uh, having listened to other podcasts, Empire is excellent. Um, the interview Ryan Kugler and, and the producer involved, and, and various people have talked about it and, and read a lot of things. I think that's the big thing that people take away from it is is I think a film like this needed to be made and uh, a lot of people feel like it should have been made a long time ago but maybe wouldn't have been made a long time ago especially with this kind of bravery and I think that's what surprised me as well as being what is an extremely enjoyable film and great action sequences and um, visually stunning and yeah I, I thought it was wonderful. Stu what's your reaction to it? Yeah, I, I think you're right in what you said. The it, it should have been made years ago, but maybe the landscape wasn't quite right. Maybe people weren't quite as as ready for it as as they were now. Um, I I've never seen, honestly, never seen in my life a cinema as packed as uh, as the Odeon was for this. Um, me and and Tom, my cinema boyfriend, um, we turned up the same time we always do and we literally got the last two seats next to each other and we were sat right on the front row so I, I've never seen that normally we go two or three days after release we walk in and we get cracking seats this yeah. was really tense and every seat was filled and I there was a lot of people of colour in there and that as I'm sure we will go into in great detail that itself is very very representative of how big a film this is and how big a deal it is and it was incredible to see from my point of view. So I can't imagine what it must mean to somebody who has never had that level of representation. And then, you know, on the much less serious side of things, it was just a really, really enjoyable film. Every single yeah. thing about it, it was heartfelt. The action was great. The story was great. The villain was incredible. And I've yeah, got... An... Me and you are the Martin Freeman of this film that's that's the, the honest answer in this so as much as our voice means very little I, I i still think it's i think it's so powerful in terms of you know the representation and everything i've read there was an incredible twitter thread that i will i will find and, and retweet about the kind of african influence and the everything that went into this film the kind of real heart soul and research and education and it, it, it was a film with, with such great care you know I, I it's very hard to make a film like this without years of work and i think when i think you just are happy and, and almost relieved like, you know with the final product because i think with all the hype and all the build-up it would have done well but i think to create such an excellent film is just you know, it, it's it's what all the people's effort went into. You know, that's that's what I'm so pleased about. You could feel how much effort has gone into creating this this wonderful film. Um, I think, God, where do you kick off with something like this? Um, I think we can talk characters and we can talk the opening, really. I mean, it's a difficult film coming into Wakanda because... We've only seen a glimpse of it before, and, and and me and Stu have said a lot of times, we love the idea of the juxtaposition from going from your, your New Yorks, um, your kind of European cities in, in Winter Soldier and Civil War, and your kind of urban landscapes and, and those kind of feelings of things. 
and then you're kind of slightly more mystical with with Doctor Strange, which it's a little bit more of a different background and some shots in Hong Kong and, and things like that. But it's very much city level, um, and Guardians in Space is, is the kind of major alternative to that. And then you come into Wakanda and and you've never seen anything like it before, but then almost you have done in in a lot of ways. It's 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 a really clever blend of. For me, I've only been to South Africa and spent quite a bit of time there. It had certain real elements of the kind of scenery and the style of a certain rural parts of South Africa I've been through. Um, and I know that's, that's quite an accurate representation. But then that kind of stark contrasting cityscape when that ship pulls in the first scene. I mean, Stu, we've seen that in the trailers, but it was something else for me. It was. It it showed off the, the, the grand scale. What I liked about it in the when you first see them pulling in was you get to see both sides of Wakanda. You get to see the rural aspect and they're coming in over little villages and farming communities and then of course they go through the shield and there's all these gigantic futuristic high rises, almost a little bit like Asgard. You know, everything's very shiny and very golden and regal looking. And there was a nice juxtaposition as well with when they were walking through the streets. It still looked like it had little market stalls and a, you know, like a sort of marketplace that you might expect to see in I yeah. know, Morocco, something like that. But again, it's been dwarfed by these giant buildings. And then on the outskirts of the city, you've then got the, you've got Shuri's lab and you've got the vibranium mines. And it, it was, that that's probably one of the things that I would talk the least about, even though it's one of the most important things, because that's the whole setup of Wakanda is, you know, it's nothing like you've ever seen before. When Claude does his big speech and he says, you know, this is the, the you know, the, the lost city and this is what they used to refer to as being El Dorado and stuff like that. And it's a place that's been in human mythology for hundreds, maybe even thousands of years that people have always sought to find this place and, there you go. We're looking at it right now. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That that kind of shield barrier and and the the whole idea that Wakanda is is protected from the world and no one knows what it's really like. And obviously, when when even Martin Freeman sees it for the first time, it blows his mind. You know what I mean? People, it it does get across quite well, and it did it did hint at it in, in you know in Civil War as well, but. They, no one knows anything like Wakanda. You know, Wakanda is a place that doesn't exist in anyone's imagination. Um, and it's a big part of the film's, you know, the, the, the background and the, the set and the design and Wakanda as a, as a backdrop is, is the whole, you know, the whole film rotates around it. You know, it, it's, 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 it's pivotal. It's everything really. And, and we have London, we have South Korea. Um, but it's it's yeah, Zara. It's it's everything really for the film. It's like a character, you know, the way people say a city like New York's a character. It infuses everything, and you know, I mean, we're going to talk about the whole design aspect a bit later on. But the yeah. the care, I mean, by the time they got to set, you know, they had a 500-page outline, they had a map, and you can see that in in T'Challa's study. It's just beyond, you know, each person knew their role, knew where, you know, knew the ling the linguistic. Um, slap they had to take. It was just fantastic. But I think, I think what T'Challa says, this never gets old as the ship comes in. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. it. it never gets old. Because it is that contrast you mentioned, Stu. Yeah, um, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking as well. When he says that, 
even if if that place was real, it must still be surreal to be one second you're flying over just trees and fields and little huts, and then all of a sudden you're in. You know, it, it's like you're in the future. It's like you've got you've jumped forward two thousand years into the future. You know, th- those villages have probably existed that way for hundreds and thousands of years since Wakanda was first founded, and then you're in this, you know, technical wonderland. It's it's a wonderful, wonderful playoff between the the two sides of Wakanda, and I like the fact that they did that. I like the fact that we got to see when he went out to see what's his mate's name, the one that was training the rhinos. He lives in the the more Wakabi. rural area. Yeah, that's it, Wakabi. He he lives out in the more rural areas, doesn't he? So you still do get to see that there are some people who still live in a slightly more traditional way, and then there are yeah. those who have very much embraced the the modern, what a lot of people would say, the Western way of of doing things. But yeah, then, of course, he's the not border Western. tribe, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. out on the kind of borders, securing as uh, a security. Yeah, you're right. It's, I did love that aspect of it. I I love that. Even the marketplace scene, like you said, when it feels, uh, you know, it feels authentic to me. It doesn't feel out of place. It doesn't feel Hollywood. Do you know what I mean? I, I think, I think, like we said with this film, if it had been made a few years ago, when when maybe Marvel weren't as, I mean, they've always been bold in their creation, but I think they, you know, I think in recent times, Ragnarok is a pure director's vision, and Doctor Strange had elements of that too. In fairness, and. Um, they're kind of progressing with that. It's, it did feel, it just felt right. It felt natural, which I think is hard to do. I, I think to recreate something that is an amalgamation of different things, you know, different ideas and different, you know, uh, contrasting kind of cities and, and rural and in, in one area, it's, it's almost impossible to do. So we are going to talk a bit a little bit later as well, just to, to kind of flesh out a little bit of the information. But, um, yeah, I think, I think the set is everything it should be. Um, the kind of key opening with this and the kind of key story that T'Challa is coming off is, is obviously the death of his father. Um, a father whose legacy he's scared to, to kind of take the mantle of. He's, he's almost, he feels like in the dream sequence that he's not ready to be king. Well, he's very much living in his dad's shadow, isn't he? Because as with a lot of people, and a lot of a lot of of listeners would presumably think the same, his dad has taken over that, you know, larger than life. His dad is almost a superhero. Obviously, his dad was a superhero because he was Black Panther. But in the non-literal sense, you know, his dad was this larger than life character who he looked up to. He's a king. He's the Black Panther. But above all else, he's he thinks he's like this moral. Bastion, you know, he, he he thinks that everything his dad has done has been perfect and wonderful, and and that's one of the more heart wrenching parts of the of the plot. Him finding out that his dad wasn't perfect, that his dad actually made a lot of mistakes, and that some of his dad's mistakes have really, really affected Wakanda and potentially millions of people across the world. Yeah, it it is, it is, and I mean that battle for Wakanda's kind of. You know, Soul. opening itself to the outside world or keeping itself introverted and protecting its own. It's, it's that wrestle that he, he's always, he's gone through from civil war, from, from when we kind of were introduced to him. It's, it's, it's a very interesting story. And it's the thing that really defines T'Challa in his development in the film. And I know Zara, it meant a lot to you in terms of what you read into and what you feel about the character. 
Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a great development in Civil War because for me in Civil War, he was just, he was seeking revenge. And he was, he was a secondary character. You heard hints of Wakanda, what it's about, this is a tradition. So a few of the Dora Milaje, that was about it. But here it's really rounded. You can see that he's quite moral, thinks about things. Um, he's trying to live up to his father. First, he, he doesn't want to open up Wakanda. He's, he, he's struggling with his father's, uh, decisions. But because of that morality, I think, as we find out during the film, it's what helps him come through it all in a way that Killmonger just couldn't in terms of his own grief. I mean, I can't be really well rounded figure. The only, the only point I would say is because of the excellent sporting cast, he was slightly overshadowed. I don't know what you thought about that. I think you wrote that before because we've had some conversation uh, prior to doing this. I, I'm not sure he was overshadowed. I think the big thing with Michael B. Jordan is he is so charismatic. And when you see him in London, he looks like the coolest guy you've ever seen. Do you know what I mean? In, in the museum, in the, you know, uh, that He's got scene a swagger like, about him, hasn't he? He has got an incredible swagger. And if you've seen That's Creed, yeah, yeah so and he is, and I've seen him. I don't know. I think he did something with Bear Grylls that I was switching over and he was on that. And the guy he wasn't just... drinking piss, was he? No, he wasn't. <laughs> but, it, God, you man. know, <laughs> but he is just that kind of guy that is extremely charismatic. He is so hard to probably compete with for on, on camera time. And, and I, I understand that. But I don't think he was overshadowed because he, he plays it. He, he's, uh, you know, from all accounts, Chadwick Boseman is quite a, a shy intelligent guy he's he's not an actor that craves the kind of spotlight and the attention does it not mess but, with your head when you hear him talk in interviews and he talks with an american accent oh absolutely <laughs> it freaks me <laughs> out because because yeah, i've yeah. never seen him in anything other than as black panther so when yeah, i yeah he's him not talk, done a whole lot it sounds yeah. weird but i actually agree with zara i actually think he kind of was overshadowed but it suits the narrative because he is still very much like a boy king, isn't he? He's ready for the mantle of Black Panther, but he's not ready for the mantle of king. And no, and he was taught some world. lessons as well. He, he, he's learning as, as he, you know, he he gets his ass handed to him in you know, uncertain terms at one yeah. stage in the film. And that's a hard lesson for someone who's been shadowed. He's obviously been brought up as a prince. He's been sheltered from from reality do you know what i mean he's yeah. been sheltered he's almost lived a, a very sheltered life um and that's what the talk with uh lupita nyong'o's character she's obviously in a in a different realm of things yeah. that's where their relationship hasn't quite developed because she wants to go and help the real world and he's almost just lived his his kind of life to be brought up to be king but I, I know what you mean. I, I, I do understand what you mean, but I just think he holds that role. Real dignity, occasional amounts of flair, you know, but he is very straight. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's not got that edge to him, which I think Suri provides and, and the other characters around. But that suits him, doesn't it? That, that suits the role of the of the new monarch of of a guy that that is only just like you say he's been completely isolated and if anything it sort of highlights a problem with the way that Wakanda rules itself because how how do you learn you can't learn to be a king until day one of being a king or a queen so yeah. how how are they supposed to do it? it it's sad that there isn't a sort of handover period and I don't know whether that would normally happen 
and he's only being thrust into this because his dad died. Because obviously his dad passed on the Black Panther mantle, but I don't know whether his dad would have done like handover of the crown or if you are literally the monarch of Wakanda well I mean you would assume so because uh, certain if you're wearing that that outfit and you have that power then you wouldn't die until of old age I wouldn't imagine as a as a general general term do you know what I mean he he died because of the situation Um, I think it's interesting I think his arc from Civil War uh, started then and then and then developed through this film um I think the big thing with me is he, he has a lot of power without on screen without saying a lot. And I know it's hard when you've got a lot of charismatic actors around, some with some incredible script in this film. Um, but I just, I like the way he carries himself. He does command a certain amount of presence. I love the fact he obviously wants the very stripped down Black Panther outfit and not the shiny version. It wouldn't suit the act. It wouldn't suit the, the you know, the, the part. It's, it's, the costume it's interesting. was, the costume yeah. was fantastic. It was absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah. That, that's I, I honestly, it. That, that full, whole... full stop. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. Yeah, it was. Um, I think it's it's just the choices you have to make, which which are interesting, and I think the character development is great. I think, like you said, it's very hard. And there's a couple of villains in this who are both ridiculously charismatic. Let's be honest. Um, I think it's very hard to compete with them when they're involved. You know what and I love the most, though? You've got Okoye as well, who is just, yeah, incredible. I loved his interaction with Suri, though. It showed such a lovely side of T'Challa that he could wind down and take the mickey. Yeah. That was brilliant. I love that. Bit. And she's the only person, really, that gets that side out of him, isn't she? Even with Naki, yeah. he seems a little bit uptight because he's, you know, that there's some distance between him because of the breakdown. But Shuri seems to be the only one that really gets him to come out as T'Challa rather than king t'challa and sure he was my favorite character in the whole film she letitia wright was brilliant she is hands down the best disney princess <laughs> she was just brilliant she had me in stitches yeah she had the best comedy one-liners it was fantastic and that scene where where t'challa goes delete that that was brilliant oh, <laughs> that is genius yeah when he's when they're testing out the suit for the first time and they do the yeah the, the charging of the energy yeah it's amazing um i think for her i think you'd get away with that but you know brother and sister what else is she going to do she basically it's like she outright refuses to treat him like a king because it's just me big brother so I'm well she she gives him the she gives him the finger about a, a minute into her introduction yeah, when she's walking she? on. <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's just like and she's dressed in not royal attire do you know what i mean she's much more casual at the beginning and that's her her style she's she's individual and i think she as much as anyone else is 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 vital and and how wakanda exists because She's the new, and he is the old, in a and way. She, do you know what I mean? And she's so. a bit of a link between East and West, isn't she? Because the, the whole one of those reference, that shows that she's keeping some kind of finger on the pulse of what's happening in the outside world. So yeah. she she could be a very important figure for future Black Panther and certainly future Avenger films of bridging yeah. the two worlds, which I will, of course, be making a prediction about later. Well, I did, yeah, I did think we will come back to your predictions. Um, she does have some of the best lines, as you said. The bits when they talk about did he freeze, and then Akoya says like an antelope in headlights, I absolutely laughed hysterically at. Um, and then what does she say about another white guy to fix? 
Oh yeah, another know. broken yeah, white boy to fix. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, I mean, the audience and everyone was just in stitches. Oh, me, you know? me and Tom had big smiles on our face because it wasn't just funny the way she said it. It was obviously, <gasps> yeah, Bucky. It was exactly. first, first real mention, and I think that went over a lot of people's heads. A lot of people oh, were no. more about the fact that she was calling him a white boy. Mine was <laughs> the fact that I was more bothered about, ooh, she's mentioning Bucky, because it was the first yeah. real sort of thread stitching that post credit scene from Civil War into yeah. this. And but while it shows we're, while how we're on important the... she is on, 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 you know, just briefly, it shows how important she is for not just the technological aspect of it, which she's obviously a genius, but she's obviously a counsellor in, in that regard. You know, she is training Bucky to, to be human again almost. Do you know what I mean? And and, and their interaction, which got me so excited, is, is him without the arm. Um, but free, is, is, but free of all the mental conditioning. Well, that's the idea. That, yeah, that, he's that, becoming. That's the key thing. He's now. He's no longer the Winter Soldier. He's now the blank slate of Bucky. Also, yeah. while we're on Bucky, comic book reference when they refer to him as the White Wolf. Yeah. Oh, White oh, Wolf word, is, is a, a comic character, and I think, if I remember rightly, he was. Was he an adopted brother of T'Challa, or he was his cousin, or something? Yeah, yeah, T'Chaka adopted him and in the comics actually uh um t'challa falls out with him later on but he becomes a white wolf and he fights alongside a t'challa and they become best friends for a while so spoiler alert for later on you know where we're going with this yeah yeah i you've got to hope i mean obviously we we know he's in infinity war in wakanda we know he's back with an arm and and certainly going to be an assassin and fighting and we've always said how, how pivotal a character he is i think he was Always one of mine, Stu's kind of favourite villain crossover because he is a, a, a villain in the Winter Soldier. Um, now he's he's sort of in that in between. He's done his villain arc. Now in yep. Civil War, he's done his anti-hero arc. Now and it's, he's going to have his redemption arc. Yeah, exactly. Imagine. And the redemption arc for me is always the biggest one. And as I've said many times before, Sebastian Stan signed a nine-picture deal, which yep. is the same sort of deal that they got Robert Downey Jr. And Chris Evans on that nine pitches is a big deal from Marvel. So they it is it is for plans. what would be deemed as maybe not a character of quite as significant. Do you know what I mean? He's not Captain America. He's not Iron yet. Man. You know, he Captain would be deemed America. for a lot of people yeah. in the kind of Falcon kind of area. He's at the things. top of the tree of the second tier of characters. Yeah, but I think I think why he's important though is that whilst he was a villain. He 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 was he had that motor side to him. He was brainwashed. You yes. Know, he, you know he 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 had suffered at the hands of the bigger villains, if you like. I think that's the emotional pull for me. Why he was always a lot more sensitive. Yeah. And I think that's why you want to root for him. I, I Can we just I, do a podcast on 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 Bucky Barnes? Yeah. <laughs> <Some> <laughs> <state>. <laughs> There's so much it. to talk about. He's he's uh, I love him as a character. I think he's the most fascinating. I think him and Cap's relationship is. It's probably for me the most important in the MCU because I'm, you know, it's such a thing for me to 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 kind of pique my interest. So, well, like, I watched um, Winter Soldier again on Monday as the yeah, you the, did. the latest in the Road to Infinity War, and it still holds up. I mean, it was released 2014, almost four years ago. I think it still comes around to be my favourite, as much as I try and think it's of other my, things. It keeps coming back round. Man. It's comfortably my second favourite after. Uh, Civil War, but sometimes when I watch it, I really do think it might be my favourite because even though I know every scene word for word, 
and I, I could tell you like now this is going to happen and then this is going to happen literally on on cue it still gets me on the edge of my seat i still i'm still ducking and weaving in the fight scenes and i love everything about it but i'm, I'm sure we, we shouldn't waste too much not waste sorry that's terrible. no 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 no, no, no. We, we shouldn't spend too much on bucky when we haven't even mentioned nakia <laughs> yeah because nakia yeah. is another one of the huge huge performances in the film and i mean she 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 again talking about gravitas i mean she she doesn't have to say a lot as an actress she she has a certain and it's not swagger it's it's again it's just it's just presence it's yeah. presence dignity. man yeah she's, a, she's yeah. an actual it's dignity like, dignity of, is the word yeah she, she has Zara, got... i'll let you lead i'll let you lead with dignity yeah. okay i mean i i absolutely I mean, I, this was the character I was possibly most excited about because I'd read the comics. Yeah. And obviously, as you guys know, they changed the storyline. Um, in, in the comics, she eventually becomes a villain. So for oh, me, that okay. was the art. Yeah, yeah. So I basically, in the that. comics, she's infatuated with Black Panther and tries to kill his American fiance. So she gets badished, then gets captured by a guy called Achibi and tortured. And then Killmonger rescues her. And, and basically, she gets, she ends up becoming Malice, which is a villain. So for me, I, I just had this, yeah, yeah. So I thought it was going to be an arc where she's with T'Challa and then she switches sides. So and then you know you hear she's a spy and you think, oh, that's it. She's she's got that dual aspect to her. I think I mean I think they were they were producers were probably led by the fact that you have this leading lady, but for for Lupita Nyong'o, you need to give her something a bit more substantial, um, to, to possibly hold the film. Because, you know, she's, she's the Oscar winner amongst all this cast. It's quite yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, that's how I read it. Um, it was interesting, actually, because she's sort of, you know, her character is interesting because she's a sort of lone wolf character, you know, sort of independent, whereas the Dora Milaje is unified, quite traditional. Yeah. And, I, and I think she lends a lot to T'Challa's development because she is someone he can, he can lean on. And, and you see right at the beginning, don't you, where you, you get a really big sense of how she is because she's gone undercover trying to break some kind of an international slavery ring. So as soon as we, we meet her, you see, you sort of get a feeling of, well, this is what she does. You know, she she's not just going around. She's not sort of floating around the world doing unimportant things. She's literally going where people need the, the most help. Yeah, and she was she she she's definitely got a presence that is hard to match. And as you said, there's a reason why she's the biggest award winner out of probably out of the majority of all of the Marvel cast. If you were to put everyone together, there can't be many people that have got the Oscar to their name. No, 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 no. It's it's and, and it's that, quite that rare. I for, think from a place, you know, she 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 didn't get that by accident. So. We said that with like Michelle Williams going over to do Venom. I think she's won an Oscar. She's certainly been nominated. Um, I think it's quite rare when you get actor or actress or you know coming into these films of of that kind of stature. Although I think Robert Downey Jr. won an Oscar for Chaplin or was nominated. The difference with um, him though is he's been around for so long, and Lupita Nyong'o is what is she, is she barely thirty? She's fledgling career as a, as an actress in, in a lot of ways. I mean. Chadwick Boseman's kind of the older hand in this. I know, I, I can't believe how old he is. He's 42 or something, it's incredible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he looks he looks ridiculously good for 42, I'll give him yeah. his shoes, you know what I mean? Um, 
everyone in this film comes off well. I mean, the cast as a rule are, are wonderful. I think everyone's perfectly cast. Um, we we were especially made up to see Danai Guerrero, weren't we? Yeah, we, so we, we, we love big... her as Michonne, and I read a really good thing with her the other day, and she said the biggest thing for her was the fighting because she's done basic fight training for The Walking Dead, you know. For oh, she's pretty damn good with that 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 spear thing. Oh, the, the spear she's amazing with, but obviously she's oh, she holds a katana yeah yeah oh, the, the, um she said the difference between the two because the way that the dora milaje fight it's like full body fighting isn't it whereas when when she's michonne it's literally just chop chop stab stab whereas they, i mean <laughs> the, the, and and from what i gather she did their quite proper two phrases stabby yeah. stabby phrases yeah. <laughs> she did quite a lot of her own stunt work because i think when the fight scenes are that intense and obviously she's got no hood to hide behind she's got no mask it would be very She's got hard. an incredible wig for about 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I've just read about it as well. She she reshaved her head every single day during filming. You can tell. So as Michonne, she, she's she's obviously excellent. And, and she's one of the, the key characters and one of the best actors in The Walking Dead. Um, by distance, really. But coming into this, she, you can feel and, and every interview and everything you, you see or read, she she wanted this role and she was desperate to be a part of it. Um, and I think once they got an actress of this caliber, you can't not give her a, a considerable amount to do. And obviously she has a role which is developed emotionally and, and she doesn't have a lot to say, but what she does really counts. But I mean, that first action scene um, in the casino, Oh, for me, it stole the whole, it's, she stole the whole movie at times. I mean, at the casino scene, I actually jumped out of my seat when she starts branching the spear. Everyone yeah. did. And the yeah. music goes off. You can hear sort of, sort of screaming type music and it just starts yeah. pumping. And then she slides down the staircase. Oh my God. That was, that, that well, was. Well, that, that scene was all done in one shot. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, um, that for me, and a few directors are doing this. Um, Kugler did it in Creed. There's a, one of the fight scenes is all done in one shot, one of the rounds. Um, and it's quite remarkable. So you've got, you know, Black Panther fighting in the background until he kind of leaps up to that, you know, second floor. Um, and then you've got her in the foreground and it's just, well, she starts I love at the top when things are done like then, that. And then yeah. she jumps down and she joins Nakia. Yeah. I love when things are shot like that. I mean, that's, that for me, you know, uh, that to me is way ahead of, ahead of the car scene and the car chase. You know, that's the kind of action I, I want to see. Um, and I thought the build up to all of that and, and then you get Andy Serkis just giving it everything. <laughs> I just absolutely loved Claw. I thought oh, he, he was, was, I'm he's really got annoyed. So that much he's been charisma. Off. I know because I, I want to see a cameo of his every three or four movies because he was almost the best thing in Ultron for that brief few minutes that he was in yeah. it to me. He was um, fantastic. I thought if I thought they should have kept him and 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 killed Killmonger, I mean he would have been. And he was so malicious and so villainous. And then he had all those sort of music, you know. Yeah, with his mixtape, and he's telling him to send a link to his SoundCloud account. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's when he's in, you know, he's when he's been interviewing. He can say, I can see, you, I know you're, I know you're looking at me and all this stuff. And he's yeah. just like, he sounds he's a bit so pissed. menacing. He sounds, well, yeah, like, he, he sounds he, like they've just given him something, and he's he's a little <laughs> bit off his face. But it I, Andy Circus, Andy Circus. People don't always recognise him because obviously people know him for his his Lord role as Gollum. Rings. Yeah, they know him for Gollum. They know him for Planet of the Apes, where he plays the the kind of lead in in that as 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 
the gorilla. Um, and he's obviously big on the motion capture suits, and it's, it's an amazing skill and, and an art form that he does with that. But as an actor, he's fantastic, and he's almost a chameleon. He he can almost do anything. I've seen him in so many different roles, um, and people do underrate him. But he's just so good. Like he's so charismatic. It's it, it's yeah. And that's the thing. You've got two villains of such charisma in one film. Like they would both be for me ranking pretty high on my villain list. Um, well, I, I've I think... got Killmonger down as probably my second favorite after Loki. Yeah, he's and I, be, yeah. I must confess, he's pushing Loki for number one. Because for it's, me, it's number one. It, it, a lot of people have said the same thing for the simple reason that oh, it, it's good to have a villain that you hate, but it's really hard to have a villain that you actually sympathise with. And I really do. You know, you, you see a lot of people and they want to take over the world because they've been wronged, you know, or because where well, you killed my dad or something. But his arc is so much bigger than that. You know, he, he wants to become the Black Panther because he wants to help all the downtrodden people of the world. He wants to take Wakanda's technology and give it to people, not to start some kind of a militia, but just to give the downtrodden a fighting chance. No, I'm not sure it is just that, though, is it? I mean, I, I think what he is trying to do and the message, and, and I, I completely understand, but he wants to do it in an extremely violent way. I mean, the guy has a certain crate for bloodlust. You know, that scene when he takes off his top and he's got all the scarring from all the people he's killed was pretty incredible, to be that, honest. That and took that... nearly three hours a day, apparently, to apply every and single two, day. And two hours to take off, apparently. Well. Yeah, because every, I, sing, I mean, every single one of those is an individual lump of um, like latex or something. And I, I think with that fight, I, I think they did an amazing work, like quite low-level CG work to, to make him appear bigger because he's not in real life and 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 appear bigger and stronger and and just incredibly i don't know i just thought the guy looked in, well just the perfect villain he had that kind of swagger he had that real desire and streak of you know evil it was really, ruthless. in a lot of you know, in, ruthless, in the fight yeah. he would genuinely have well he obviously did he thought he'd killed to and he'd be happy to. Yeah, yeah. He was he was over the moon because he's like, well, that's the challenge you're gone. You know, it, there, there was absolutely no no dignity did you involved. Get any, did you get any flashbacks to Bane and Batman? I don't know why. I but did. There, I was, didn't there know was a couple yeah. of times when he was he was doing like double fist um, punches on on the back of his neck or something, and that reminded me a little bit of of Bane. And like yeah. you said, the way T'Challa seemed to spend a lot of that fight down. So Killmonger is over him, and that makes him yeah. look even bigger because he's, he's he was dominated, and I th- he he looked huge. I mean, he's obviously not a small guy anyway, but he's bulked up seriously for that, and I'm sure it's along the well, line. Well, Creed 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 is what what you, did it exactly? Well, you know, that's it. He's and I'm in sure incredible it shape for Creed. You're yeah. going to have a topless fight scene on the edge of a waterfall. Mm, okay, I think I'll stay on my uh, my boxer diet then. <laughs> <laughs> I won't hit the Ricky Hatton diet after I've quit my filming. You what, know. Coke and cheeseburgers. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Zara, do you want to talk about his motives a little bit more? Because obviously, they are stemmed from a place of they come from potentially an area of nobility, good. Really, Zara, you wanted to talk a little bit more in detail about the motives behind Killmonger's actions. 
Yeah, and this is what makes him a really complex, fantastic villain. Yeah, you know, he's in a way he's he's his his purpose to liberate black people all over the world is is sort of the right one. He wants to help people. He wants to open up uh, Wakanda. He wants you know he, he wants to almost be the liberator. But the way he's going about it is completely the wrong way. And a lot of people um, on social media who follow a lot of black politics sort of reference him as sort of Malcolm X type to T'Challa's Martin Luther King. So, and that's testament to how profound and complex uh, the character is and the way Michael B. Jordan acts it. Um, and I mean, it, it's a funny thing with this character because he clearly has a connection to Wakanda. His father Njobi, Pop Njobi, taught him a few things. Because he died so young, this kid has had nothing since. And he's left with quite a twisted version of what his past was, what's been taken away from him, you know. And, and I think he's, he just, he just goes too far and everything for him is twisted. So even the body tattoos that Stu talked about, for him, it's, it's to commemorate all these kills. But in African tradition, it, it, you know, tattoos are something quite spiritual and regal. And it's everything he does is a little bit twisted. He's such a powerful figure, really. And, you know, and, and he's the one with a lot of messaging. The scene with him in the museum, where you can see all these things that colonial powers have taken from African countries, and he sets this film up on those themes. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's so deep. I, must, I, yeah, I like the Malcolm X that... reference. I get that. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they both, he, he and T'Challa both want the same thing. T'Challa's trying diplomacy and, you know, the, the very steady, tried and trust, uh, tried and uh, tested path and then in comes Killmonger he wants the exact same thing but he's the militant you know he's the fist isn't he whereas T'Challa is trying to be the voice of reason a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, he used the fist. That's a good way of describing it. I think the museum scene, as you said, all those artifacts and in any museum around the world, it's things that belong in 
in a different country, you know, in, in a and northern he, he country. He refers to it, doesn't he? And he, uh, he refers to it as he being does. stolen. And he says, yeah, like, he you does. know, like, he does. colonists stole this or whatever, you know, I forget the exact way he phrases it. And there's a little bit of venom in the way he, he sort of spits the line out, doesn't he? Like, you know, the, yeah, there's no sort of love lost point, between the colonizers and the colonized. It's, it's, it, he, at that, that point, he, is still playing that effortlessly cool kind of character and, and not having any kind of angle of anger or edge up to him. And then that line comes and you just get taken aback because you, you know he's a villain in the lead up to this, but you don't know what type of villain he is. Do you know what I mean? And I mean, the way he kills Claw in, in Cold Blood is quite a shocking kind of so casual about it. It's, and the way he loses his, his kind of Clyde and his, well, loses his Bonnie and his Bonnie and Clyde act, as Claw would, would call it, um, without any kind of care for her, even though you think they've got a connection. That's when the character suddenly changes for me. You suddenly yeah. think this guy well, you see how doesn't really care is. about anyone else. Yeah, he's yeah. ruthless. I think Stu, Stu said that before. It's the word. He, he literally, he's single-minded. He's very purposed in his actions. But then he's... Yeah, it's the it's the charisma that comes along with it, and it's the message that he's portraying that you that almost make you know make you grieve for him. They they make you side with him. It's it's a it's a wonderful performance, and for me, it's it's a shame because it's obviously not Oscar season, and and you know maybe people don't care if this is up for awards or not. It's 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 not that kind of film, and these films don't always get the nods that they deserve. But it's the kind of performance that I would look at and go, well, yeah, I'd give him a Best Supporting Actor nomination in Harvey. And, I think and because... if this was ever going to win any kind of an, an Oscar, it would be, as we've said before, it would be the technical ones for things like the soundtrack. I don't think certain, it's quite there. Certainly yeah. the costumes. I, costume the, for sure. Costumes. That, that, costume that's and actually makeup been one design. of the, one of the yeah. biggest things I've seen the praise for is the authenticity and how native a lot of the costumes are. And they've borrowed from half a dozen different tribes or different regions yeah well and there's, they can there's a lot of, them lot of links together. from the southern ethiopian tribes and, and Ghanaian, and the language uh, as well the uh, the guy that plays t'chaka i forget the name of the is it is it zosi the language that's got the uh, the clicks and a lot of very Fossa. it's it's the language of Nelson mandela from south africa yeah and and the guy that plays t'chaka that he actually speaks that as his native language well he's south african yeah and that's why they incorporated that there's one other cool thing that they incorporated, and this is a this is a comics thing which I didn't know about. That the Dora Milaje is actually based on a real life Amazonian tribe um, from present day Benin. It was in what used to be the Kingdom of Dahomey, and there was actually a ruler from the 1600s, and he did have an all female elite um, army, and that's what I think the Dora Milaje is yeah, based. On. I think we need to talk about Dora Milaje because they were oh my cool god. As fuck. They are cool as fuck. I mean, you know, talk about what Wonder Woman did for, for can, can I, you know, the female aspect of, of superhero. And we are, we were going to do a pod on, on female superheroes, which will come around and I'm sure oh, we'll invite you on to do it. You know, she, uh, Okoye and, and the Dora Milaje are just so what, what's important. What's the name of the, the other major one? Oh, was it, was it? I, Io. Io, that's the one who's in Civil War and says, yes. move. And she's, and all, yeah. she's also... It's nice that they gave her, gave her a name War. in this one because she didn't even <laughs> get a name for Civil War. Um, 
She barely got a line in this movie. Well, I know, I know, I know. Um, But there's so much to squeeze in. You know, that's the thing with this film. There's the the relationship between Okoyo and um, what's the we mentioned his name before the the tribal. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Daniel Kaluuya's character. Um, their, their relationship isn't, isn't barely touched upon, but you know, it, it's there and you know of it, um, especially with the pivotal rhino charging scene, but. And that, that just goes to show her dedication, about, you know? doesn't it? She would lit, yeah. she would choose the Dora Milaje over her own husband because that's how disciplined she is. She is a warrior above all else, above a wife. But she's so torn as well. You know, she's torn because she follows Killmonger because, you know, she knows in her heart of hearts, that that's not the right thing to do. But, but she serves the throne. She, yeah. she the serves the throne, the you know. It's the duty, yeah, exactly. And that's such a that's such a complex thing to throw in there without it being a major... It's it's obviously a major part of the plot, but then equally it's, it's, it's quite clever how they throw in all those different elements. Well, all they, the they characters make it have got different quite... motives. They so make it a minor it thing, don't they? Because it, yeah. it's only it's only depicted for literally ninety seconds when she's talking to Nakia when she begs her to come with her. Yeah. But by I don't know, almost by making it small, they've shown how big it is. You know, she Nakia doesn't try to reason with her. She doesn't try to, you know, oh, but you've got to, you know, you've got to come with us. And she's like, I know, I know this is wrong, but I serve the throne, I serve Wakanda, I serve the king. That's it. Tough shit even though it's ripping her apart and she would love nothing more than to rebel and try and kill him and go and find T'Challa and lead some kind of an uprising, she can't do it. Because, as I understand it, the Dora Milaje are very much bred from infancy that you are a warrior. It's all about the fighting and the discipline and the respect. So this is what she knows. All she knows is, you know, she is... And and she's not just a member of the Dora Milaje, she's the leader. So if she was the one that was to abandon her post, it sends out a really bad message to everyone else, and then it makes the whole Dora Milaje look bad, and she couldn't ever have that happen to what is essentially her army. But she she was brilliant. She was. She, yeah, and like you said, she she probably did steal it. I, it it's, it's hard. Everyone it's hard stole to... it. Whoever was on yeah. screen stole it. There was at least five or six people who at any one given time were yeah. fighting for the scene. And that's yeah. brilliant. That's what I, I would rather have that than, well, he's on screen, so naturally he's he's the you know, stealing the limelight and everyone else is just secondary. When Shuri's talking, she steals the scene. If yeah. Charla takes over, he then steals it back. But then in comes Nakia. Well she's taking it now. And um I is it what Ru- about Mumbaku? M'Baku, wow. M'Baku got I the best gonna... line of the film when he said that they were vegetarians. <laughs> that was, and, and he's a big fucker as well. Oh, wow. I've only he's... seen him in one thing, and that was in Modern Family when he played a college American football player. Yeah, he's not been in much. This is his first film. But he went this to school with film. Peter. They were at Yale together. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's, the really interesting thing with this movie is that all the cast know each other. So... Except Martin Freeman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, filmography, number one, Black Panther, number two, Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. Bloody hell. That's the other thing I recognise him from. I tell a lie, he was in Person of Interest. Okay. He played a gang leader he, he, for about half a dozen episodes. He, I was going to mention, so there's a couple of other characters I mentioned, and then I'll move back to him and talk a little bit more okay. about 
the set because it's such a difference in contrast when you go to the kind of mountain oh, kingdom. The gorilla which I just thought yeah. was amazing. I thought it was awesome. Um, Angela Bassett. I would like to have seen her more. Um, yeah, she was a mum. She wasn't. Um, she wasn't, but it's a hard role to develop because, again, you've got so many characters, and almost it would have been a. And we talked about this with Ant Man and before. If, if Michael Douglas's character was developed upon, so if it was T'Chaka we were following, and, and she was the queen, then we'd probably get a lot more of that. You know, That's she would have had a such more pivotal role. But as it stands, she. She's the grieving mum who, who, who is, is, is not quite sure of her role, but I would love to see more of her yeah. if, if, I, if she's in future. I tell films. you, for me, the one bit where she had quite a pivotal plot uh, line was yeah. when, you know, when you know the, um, Nakia takes, um, Suri and Queen Redonda away to the mountains. Yeah. And there's yeah. an issue of, well, who do we give the heart shaped herb to? She actually offers it up to Nakia first. And yeah. that, for me, sets this film up as, as as a place where women are equal, actually. Yes. Yeah. So that that for me was the biggest moment. And, yeah. and um, you, I, I, Rory, you covered that exactly what I was going to say. You bastard. There was sorry. no there was no way of them expanding her character without it seeming unnatural because there's no logical reason for his mother to become the focus of any of the scenes, is there? It, it's a shame they couldn't have done a flashback. And had some kind of a of a show of her level of power, because um, as as Zara's just said, then women in Wakanda are absolute equals in many ways. They I, are I superior say, to the men, so it's a shame we didn't get to see. I would say they're superior. No, <laughs> no I, I can I buy. I can buy that. No, I would say they are because they're the better minds in terms of story. They're they're more reasoned. Do you know what I mean? They're not acting out of male impulsive what would be deemed immature kind of mindsets. Do you know what I mean? They're not hunting for power, but they understand the importance of it. It's And the yeah, entire but, security and stability of the nation is dependent on the women. Yeah. And, with, and when with, one, with one, of the tries to, one of the men tries to rebel with his big rhino, the woman just steps in and just <laughs> calms the situation down. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I would say I'd go along with those things. Uh, Forrest Whitaker, I don't know who he hurt in a former life, but he's suddenly become the Sean Bean of the, <laughs> of the very, very Marvel Disney universe. So very Star brief, Wars. brief Star Wars moment yeah. where he was a really weird character and got and nothing then to do. Dive. And again with this, and obviously his death is quite important. It does trigger quite a lot of emotion and change in, in the context of Wakanda because they're not used to that. And then the scene that follows with the burning of the herb and Killmonger, that scene visually, honestly, that blew my mind. That is the one scene in the film that I just, well, I the mean, there's a lot. Are going up the flames are going up. and he yeah. turns to the camera. I was just like, fucking hell, that is awesome. If I was a filmmaker, that, that's a scene I would put on my, my CV. Um, and that's also going to be a really pivotal one going forward because what the hell does yeah. Wakanda do now? If T'Challa was to die tomorrow, they've got no way of well, well, do they? Else. Do they have no? I think they've they'll have some somewhere. Yeah, they'll somewhere. have it stored away in a fridge somewhere. It's fine. It'll be in a Wakandan, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Wakandan. Well, do you know what it'll be? It, they'll have a way. Do you know where it'll come yeah. from? And I, I think they might even make mention to it in Infinity War. I'm just going to throw a prediction in because I haven't Go done on. one yet. I, it'll, it'll come from Shuri. 
sure he will. Oh, have come, sure will, he will have sure. Like, yeah. Because they've modernized certain aspects of it from the comics. Because bearing in mind, Black Panther's heyday was what, 60s, 70s? Yeah, I mean, the fact that she can. If she the fact come that she out can say that she's got like a serum and she's been well, able she to. she can heal everyone, it. man. So she can heal people from bullet wounds in days, you know, or in a day. She but can she do things with vibranium. If if she can't take a, uh, you know, take a blood sample and create it, I, I don't know what, who can. Do you know well, what I mean? So I'm, I'm sure. I, I'm fairly sure she will. Yes. I'm sure she'll do a lot. Um, so back to so those back two in. quite important characters. Martin Freeman, yeah, I mean, I really like, you know, the it's American just a plot accent point, for isn't me. The American accent for me was a little bit out of place in Civil War, and I was a little bit unsure about it. But I've always been like quite it. fond of Martin Freeman. I think he's a, I think he's a really good actor. Um, I think his role is a little bit odd, but it is almost one that does. They do need an MCU link point. They do need one because you know this film is very standalone and very individual, and it's very brave in that because you you aren't tied up in suddenly Spider Man swinging through the the trees in, in Wakanda or, you know, or, or Tony jetting in and ACDC playing it. It's not that, but you need some form of link. And I think the logical one was him because he was more involved in the civil war element with T'Chaka and with bringing around the kind of Sokovia elements of things, the Sokovia records and, and across from there, the kind of links into modern worlds and, you know, he is that link man. Um, He's just a plot point, isn't he? They, they, they need him to bring Wakanda into the rest of the of the world. Yeah, and th- th- they did say when when he was first cast, he was just described as he is uh, an envoy for Wakanda, and that's basically all he's done. He is literally just their link between Wakanda and now the UN, and presumably then the wider world and. But yeah, I, I do still think he played it well. I think he had some good lines. Um, I think his involvement was good. But I, I, he didn't save the day. He wasn't, you know, he had a minor role in that. He wasn't deemed as a hero all of a sudden. But I that, that, that really would have caused have felt, bedlam. Well, my, that's yeah. my point. It wouldn't have yeah. felt right. And I think someone said that about the Winter Soldier. If he'd been turned and came round and started, you know, destroying, you know, doing what Bucky previously did as a Winter Soldier, it wouldn't have felt right. Do you know what I mean? If he was, it would have been, it would have been very controversial to have such a, a strong black cast and then to have all of a sudden have depicted the white guy as the savior. That would have been that, that's, incredibly that's awkward. Saying in no uncertain terms, exactly. So it, but, you but needed you know, to get that balance right. But you know what? When when I first sort of was reviewing this in my head, I thought he had quite a small role and it was just a link man. But it's because of the fact that you do have this white character. And remember his, his job. He's CIA. So when yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking, you know, he, he could, he could have been sort of spying on Wakanda. The fact that this guy embraces Wakanda and fights with them and, and, you know, and, and they then in the final scene, you've got them going forward as well to the UN. That's actually plot wise quite important. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and it juxtaposes that whole, if you like, colonial, you know, West versus, you know the, the south or what global south or whatever it's actually quite a little bit more complex i think when i looked at look back at it it's subtle enough i don't think it's quite as in your face as he's yeah, just yeah. a link character i do think yeah. there is a, a slightly wider part to play like you said so yeah i i do and i i, I you know like i said i like martin freeman um i think him and andy circus and, and various others 
who were kind of lesser characters in these films are still kind of important. Um, you've got that in Doctor Strange with Wong. You've got that in... Oh, wow. um, you've got Luis in Ant-Man. Oh, uh, <laughs> favourite bit about Ant-Man, I tell you. Yeah, I can't not drop his name in every podcast. That is going to be, you know, you've got Korg in Thor Ragnarok. Um, oh, you know, I was, watch, I was watching an outtakes now. thing the other day and at the oh, end of mate. it, I just had to go back and watch Piss Off Ghost. I just, <laughs> I got the, got the Blu-ray this week. I just, oh, it's so, so good. Um, but you've got these characters now, like, and, and Marvel's always done that well. They've cast very good actors in, in, in maybe lesser roles that I think when Marvel started out, Maybe actors wouldn't have looked twice and gone over and they got four lines. I'm not going to do this. You know, and I think it's great now. You got, you got pretty good actors on all levels and, and, you know, they're all delivering. And I mean, Daniel Kalua, for one, and we're not really talked about him much, but he's he now a bit of a dick. dick. He was a bit of a dick and he, and he, and he crashed. I, I was really quickly. I, I was really yeah, pissed off with that. That was one of my least favorite things about yeah. it, but I know why they did it was. They've been best friends, and he was his confidant since childhood, but he could not wait to stick the knife in his back. But It, it you felt know, because of the I, 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 I didn't read it that way, though. Because for me, it's, you know, he keeps talking about his parents. His parents died. It's grief. Yeah. So he's lived. I think grief is one of the big themes in this, is how some of these men in particular deal with it. And for him, Daniel Cleary, it was always on his mind. It was, it was eating him up. Yeah. You know, and you see Suri, you know, she alerts everyone that, you know, um, Wakabi, he's coming, he's coming when they have Ross. So they clearly all feel that, you know, yeah. why, that's why he switched. But it, it, did, it did seem too quick. In, in a it, way. it seemed too quick. I, I think if I've got a criticism of this film and while, I, you know, it was two hours, two hours, 20 minutes, was it? Um, and I know the original cut was four hours, and that's not uncommon in I cinema. I really most, wish most it had films... just been four hours. I would have been I so know. happy. <laughs> just give me five minutes in the minute for in the middle for a toilet break, and I can go for four hours. <laughs> I, I mean, I would have loved that as well. And you, I don't you'd love wrong. Bollywood movies then, Stu. <laughs> maybe, no, we no should, answer. maybe we should do a pod about Bollywood films. <laughs> You're on your own with that. You're getting my mum on that. To Tell take you what. <laughs> recommend me a good Bollywood film that's got Priyanka Chopra in it. All right. All right. All right that's the deal. Um, I'm, I'm going to watch that quicker than I'll watch Mad Max just to piss Rory. Oh, you really are going to do that, aren't you? Um, you probably watch like a trilogy or, a, you know, or the biggest <laughs> Bollywood collection of films before you watch Mad Max. Um, are we going to go back to Mbaku? Well, oh, yeah. in a second, just just okay. let give me a second. So, um, I know, but it's a lot to talk about. It's can an incredible just, film. Can we just mention Daniel Kaluuya's Oscar nods because the Oscars are this Sunday. I mean, he was I, fantastic in Get Out. He have you seen Get Out yet, Stu? Oh yeah. Uh, no. Oh mate, it's on Sky. <laughs> if you, you haven't got Sky, but you you can find ways and means. Watch Get Out. Honestly, it's it's kind of horror slash kind of edge of comedy it's it but it's so so clever and daniel kalua is in insanely good in it and i didn't expect this film in the slightest and it blew my mind and i'm i don't think he'll win the oscar because he's it's it's going to be uh the churchill performance you know but know. But, yeah. but it's still it, he's amazing and and for a guy who came from nowhere to suddenly being in black panther get out is one of the surprises of the year 
everyone's gonna he's gonna be the hot ticket him and michael b jordan yeah. well, you, guys, well you know, you know well you know him and Letitia wright were both in black mirror yeah yeah and that's yeah. where and that's where kugler sort of came across them first yeah and, and i mean kugler we will talk about if we have the time but i mean what a vision this guy's got it's it's pioneering and he did really he worked with the team and that's what we were saying about the production and set design and everyone that worked on this that they, they do when you hear them all they they worked as an insanely good unit because they they all had a similar vision and, and to bring it all together the way they did was was quite magnificent so they, they all they, did everything together apparently yeah. when when the crew and all the cast were doing anything they all exercised together they all ate together they they all did everything because the whole point was it feels the, like a community it, it, it's yeah. exactly that it's a community it's very you are family with people that you're not related to and they worked very very hard to make it feel like they were all family and you see them in the interviews now you'd think they'd all known each other for 15 yeah. 20 years and most of them had you know maybe crossed paths or they maybe knew each other through somebody it's, else it's but... rare with films man and, I, and I, it's rare with not just actors it, it's it's rare with production cinematographers You'll often get a cinematographer that works with a director and, and build up these relationships over films. Um, and I'm sure Kugler will go on and have this production team for the forthcoming, you know, future Black Panther films. But he he already has brought people from Creed and, and you know, directors have these connections with people. But he was dropped into the Marvel Universe and they were, you know, placed in front of him. And to build these kind of connections and to make this kind of film... I just think it's 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 great. I, I think that's the key element is it did feel, as I said at the beginning, a film that was made with real heart and care and devotion. Um it's just we're crazy talk a bit that this is the, the third film he's done. Yeah, yeah it's the, bad, the, isn't it? the third film he's ever directed. He, he's he's thirty one years of age. Oh mate, that's younger than me, it makes <laughs> me feel sick. And, and at <laughs> the minute Black Black Panther in less than two weeks has made just under $750 million in his third just film. astonishing. And, it and is astonishing. Not, and let's not forget that his first movie, Fruitvale Station, was when he was still at university. Yeah, yeah and these kind yeah. of people, I just, I, you know, you've got to aspire to that. And, and I hope as much as the, the actors inspire people, I hope the director does as well, because someone like that, and there's a lot of good young directors at the minute, but it is, it's quite amazing and it's bold you know this film is very very brave and i mean we're going to talk very brave uh, briefly for a, about a 31 year old guy to have been able to break the sort of boundaries that he has yeah. so so early in his career is incredible like you said before it's a shame that well, it won't get the Oscar well. recognition creed creed's brave as well because you've got a traditionally white driven male lead in sliced alone you know uh, as rocky and they've taken it in this real modern way with, you know, a complete kind of contrast in styles. And it I, works so, so well. But it's all through Kugler's vision. It really is. But I, t I tell you what, with Kugler that I love, because I've seen all of his movies. I, I saw Fruitvale last night, actually. Um, he he takes quite big themes and he humanizes everything. Yeah. It's just, it's a great skill, actually. And he does it often, I have to say, through Michael B. Jordan. Well, yeah, and I mean, what a what a good partnership they've kind of built already in the short career. And I, you can imagine, you know, I know he's not going to direct Creed 2, but you can imagine they'll work together in the future because they just work so, so well together. Um, I'll let us talk 
Mbaku and then yeah. a little bit about Wakanda and, and the kind of wider MCU really and maybe a couple of other bits. There's so much we could talk about. It's one of those things. We could literally um, go for another two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, and we'll we haven't have really, we haven't gone deeper to the political and cultural messages. I know. <laughs> I will let you have a good 10 minutes on that because otherwise it will kind of be futile. I mean, the action... And we which, might well be talking until tomorrow night if we don't... Yeah, yeah. It's The action <laughs> is one of those things that we could have talked about and I think is excellent for what it is, but it's not revolutionary. And I think we've seen a lot of that before in, in, you know, and maybe a touch better in, in Ragnarok and, and other films recently on the CG front. But, but um, if, you, if you're to take anything away from the film, it shouldn't be the action, should it? it should that's be, my point. It, it yeah. should be the cultural. And we can't put, you and I certainly can't put a price on the cultural aspect of things because it means a lot more to a hell of a lot more people than it does to you and I because we've grown Completely. up. Completely we've grown up with the representation of superheroes look like us. You know, I, I, I must admit, there's very there's very few differences between myself and, say, Batman, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, we're, we're it's a similar... So, we're both so well-built, we're so clever, we're so rich, you know? You look like Stretch Armstrong, man. You don't look like Batman. Don't get into that. I look like Batman... If you squint and close the other eye and tilt your head a little bit. If you close both eyes and just dream. That's what I do. I close both eyes and dream and I look just like Batman. But Stu, we all do it. I wanted to be Wonder Woman since I was about five. In fairness, I kind of want to be Wonder Woman sometimes, but that's a whole different pod. We'll talk about that. That's a different dream altogether. That is a different dream altogether. Don't you be dreaming about me as Wonder Woman, you perv. Uh, hashtag that sounds like crossing lines. This is something. This is something from Deadpool, man. This is not something from <laughs> what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, are we going to give Mbaku anything? Because yes, the poor guy's been waiting for an I, hour for us to give him a bit of praise. He got the best line, and there, there was one. Just to be very super serious, I, I wasn't at all surprised when Ryan Coogler announced that they weren't going to use his comic book nickname of Man Ape. And for obvious reasons, he's been very upfront and said because we didn't think that having a black guy on screen dressed up as a gorilla walking around being called Manape would be a good idea because it's just going to give ammunition to people who don't yeah. really need ammunition. But they did a great job. The major thing I liked about him was they did a really good job of differentiating the mountain tribe from the other four tribes. They live well away from everyone else. They're, you know, everyone else is living on the the sort of more rural areas they're up in the horrible in the snow in the mountains the throne room that Mbaku sits in oh. was brilliant with that that open back where it looked if he leant back too far on his throne he'd fall into the abyss um he was obviously a very very fierce warrior when they come in at the the final fight scene and they save the day all of his guys were huge you know, everyone else was fighting with spears and they come in and they were just using clubs. Oh, those and clubs, man. They they yeah. were knocking the shit out. Like if It looked like he could have basically gone up against the rhino and given it a good fight just with his club. <laughs> and he's not... Winston Duke's not a small guy. No, oh, he's certainly not a small guy, no. He looks no, like he he's a big, play. imposing figure. But I think I'm... he's he's a great one in the fact that he he isn't what you expect him to be. You know... Because you he, think he's a bit of a dick, the don't ultra, you? Well, he, he portrays the kind of dickhead, ultra-macho, you know, stubborn male persona. And then he's completely 
And so he, today, such do you know what I mean? He he could have been selfish and taken the herd for himself. Yeah, and he, he chose to do the right thing. He well, chose to. He, he's the got, traditionalist. Got with Charlotte. Oh, I was about to say exactly the same. He's a traditionalist. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. the, the Jabari are the ones they've rejected the the new way of living. They still think that everyone should live the way Wakandans did for thousands of years. But that that twist at the end when. Well, he says um, a life. It was a life for a life, wasn't it? Because T'Challa saved him. He, yeah. he he showed a sort of not not a dignity. What's the word I'm looking for? Like an honor that you would expect yeah, yeah. from a leader. And he lived by a code. Exactly. Yeah. He he's got, and presumably that is the traditional code of you know you did me a solid, I'm going to do you a solid as well because I I could take this herb right now and no one would stop me. But I'm not going to because I know that deep down inside it's your birthright, not mine. I was bested in combat, and that's the rule, isn't it? You know, the rule is the only way you get the black, you get the heart-shaped herb and the Black Panther mantle. You have to win in combat, and he didn't. Yeah, the fact that we had the combat scene twice was pretty interesting. I think his his fight was was a kind of important role in it because again you had an arc with another character which didn't have a lot of screen time it's it's quite clever how many characters they developed in such a kind of short space of time I think and we only knew literally maybe two or three of them you know we obviously knew T'Challa we knew Ross and, yeah you didn't have any background and, and, you know and Claude, you didn't have any background we didn't know any of the Wakandan people and even Forrest Whitaker's character we still got a bit of background about him going back to the incident in Oakland with T'Chaka. Everyone yeah. was introduced and was given some element of background to give you some kind of I, know, I think like again a, a feeling towards him. Because if we didn't know anything about him, what had happened in Oakland, his death doesn't really resonate with you at all. And you know, well, he, yeah. he's I, lived. I did like the the Oakland element is really interesting. So. They the interesting did. thing there is that Oakland was the foundation of the Black Panthers movement, and I would love well, them to have hinted that they were no, no, the no. Black Kugler Panthers. did. If you if you hear him interviewed, that's what he, he mentions. That's that's a big uh, aspect of it because um, well, Killmonger in, uh, in the comics was Harlan. So obviously, you know, uh, talked about Luke Cage a lot. You know, big pivotal um, black community in, in 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 the US, but Oakland's obviously the same on the on the West Coast. Um, and it's a big part of Kugler's background, and I think I, I like that. I, I think it was important that they they went full circle, you know, with, with Oakland. It came back to that, so it brought what Killmonger did, you know, his motives and his reasoning and 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 what he wanted did influence T'Challa's decision making in the end. And as much as his death was kind of tragic in a lot of ways. Um, it was maybe necessary in others, and I, I thought that was the kind of pivotal moment for me. I think they they rounded the film really well. It felt a really well balanced film for me. I mean, so, Oakland's really interesting kind of place anyway. I mean, Fruitvale's around there. Black Lives Matter. You've got the Black Panther. It's just so integral to the whole radical politics. And I love the flat scenes, you know, because the um, what is it the yeah, accident. Yeah with T'Challa and, and Killmonger was so different. And I love the fact that with Killmonger, it was stuck in that prison-like flat. Yeah. that Well, that's what drives his mindset, isn't it? You know, that's the thing. He he felt cheated because his father didn't get the burial in Wakanda. He, his father didn't get to go home. And, and yes, he did betray them, but not to the point of 
someone taking his life, you know, his, his, his own brother. It's, it's a very, that was a bold scene. It was bold in terms of the story. It, it needed to be told because I think it changed the whole dynamics and perspective of, of the film. Um, but Oakland was as important as Wakanda in a lot of ways yeah, because, it, it it, you know, it was. And, and ultimately that's where the, well, it's not quite where the film finishes. It, it finishes with the, the commission, you know, the, the UN commission. But but it just um, goes to show he, as a villain, he was, what, 20, 25 years in the making? Just from from that one moment of coming home and finding his dad, it's I would have I would have liked them to have made some kind of intimation that the Black Panther movement was named after the Black Panther. But I suppose it's one of those things that's maybe implied rather than being outright stated that these two things are completely linked. Yeah. But and yeah, you know, is there anything the- cultural message you want to kind of express or, or political messages I- that the film kind of delivers? I mean, it was full of radical politics. It was Black yeah. Lives Pride on 100. I mean, it really was. I mean, we've talked about Black Lives, Black Lives Matter and the Black Panther movement. But what's really amazing is that Kugler began this film two years before Trump. You know, this is this is the president. Oh, yeah. African immigrants from coming from shithole countries. And here we have... when Obama was in power as well. It wasn't, yeah. you know, it was written around that time. But I do think, as much as he said himself, it's not been adapted. I've got a feeling there are adaptations. It must have been. But for something with, with such strong politics in there, it must yeah, have been. Yeah, it's got the very, very Brexit, Brexit, Trump era kind of messages. Yeah. And, and, and when and T'Challa it, says at the UN, we should build bridges and barriers, yeah. that is Trump all over. Exactly. Um, You've got yeah. to think that whoever wrote that did so sniggering a little bit. Going well, Kugler <laughs> wrote that, um, but he said he took it from an old African proverb that he found with his wife. But the kind of feeling from that is that <laughs> it, it came from what exists in America now and, and what needs to happen. And, and, and the it's crazy. I mean, we don't talk politics on this. Stu's obviously very strong political viewpoints and, and I'm probably kind of lesser so because it's a hard, hard subject to get involved in. I know, Zara, you very much have a, a stronger kind of, you know, outward perspective on, on Twitter. It's It's difficult because it's nice to express it with people uh, Twitter's a difficult place for these things. It, it, people don't always react in the right ways yeah, and you yeah. can't have conversations the way you would want to. I think I hope that films like this and messages like this will eventually kind of make a greater good. I hope that younger audiences watching this will kind of be the future and, and not just... And this won't exist. Well, in, I tell you what, future. Rory, it's absolutely great that these messages were in a comic film it couldn't have happened yeah. it would have been too heavy without it i mean if you just take the themes you know this love letter to africa descent you know this imaginary country of Wakanda, what could have been without slavery and colonialism a love letter to african americans of, of the sort of wound of open void of demon slavery you know this void that creates killmonger and then you've got who talked a lot about my brother's keeper the responsibility of black people to each other you know, if, if you knew a country like Wakanda existed, shouldn't they, you know, be helping those who are suffering? And that's what Coleman says to the Wakandan court. Two million, two billion people are suffering and you're just sitting here. Yeah. And you know what? It's really tense going into the movie because I knew these messages were there and, and, and I wanted to enjoy the film. And I did, and, and I mean, I'm, you know, I have all sorts of friends. I did want a lot of my friends to, to be really heavy by it. But the fact that it was in a comic, you know, the fact that there was so much humour, the fact that it's part of the MCU universe, and we've already been introduced to Black Panther before, 
it was it, it was probably the best way to introduce it. And the fact that it's in a Marvel comic, I mean, I could believe Killmonger's last line, you know. Oh, I would. I was just. I'm actually looking at it on screen now uh, when he said, oh. "Bury, bury me at sea." Um, with his ancestors because they knew death was better than bondage. That was a real... Yeah. That, I'll go as far as saying that's one of the most powerful lines delivered in modern film. Ever. By, yeah. by it, him. It's yeah, certainly ever. one you because know, it, the look on his face, he was obviously, he was he knew he was going to die. He was not long for this world. And he dies on his own terms because if they'd left the knife in and they'd got him to Shuri's lab, they could have saved him. But what was the point? Because he refused to spend the rest of his life living in a Wakandan prison, so he's going to die on his own terms. But what a line to go out on. I mean, that was that was a, that was a bit of a lump in the throat moment. Oh, no, honestly. And, and, he, and he gets to see the, the sunset, doesn't he? And his dad told him that the sunsets in Wakanda were the most beautiful sight in the entire world. And that's the last thing he ever gets to see. Then he drops that bombshell, and then he's done. And it's that moment, I think, that changes T'Challa. That he, re- you know, he, he gets affected by the villain. Yeah. Well, you see, at the end, when 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 he's delivered the the final blow, and they sort of they they really start relating, don't they? And they really talk on a human well, level. Well, their interaction isn't there until that point. You you only have angst and animosity. It's good you have fights bad, between isn't it? them. You have the fights, and you have the scene with the council where he's he's basically trying to stir trouble. He's not trying to negotiate in a positive way you know he's just trying to be an anarchist and and that's the thing that final moments is when they really connect and he almost feels like and they've got a lot in common uh, he's his brother you know they 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 are uh, they have got a lot in common they're both their fathers because t'challa wants the same thing t'challa knows deep down inside he knows that wakanda shouldn't be hidden away from the world he knows they've got a great responsibility to share their technology it's just, and their... It's just knowing how to go about it. And, and how, taking how that how first start? step. Because tra- straight away, as soon as you come out and go, oh, well, do you know that, you know, you've been shot in the spine and you can't walk. Well, we've got technology where you can. But then a thousand people come forward and say, well, where were you five years ago when I couldn't walk? You could have saved me. And now that this, hopefully when it comes to the second film, this might be something that they can deal with is... 50% of the world is thinking, wow, this is amazing. Wakanda's going to save the world. And then the other half are thinking, well, why now? Why not in the 70s? Why didn't you do anything about slavery? You know, could you not have ended slavery a bit early? Could you not have, in more recent terms, could you not have helped out with the Black Lives Matter movement? You know, there's all things that have happened through history. Why didn't you help then? And it could be, it could take it to a whole new level because the political side has been fascinating. Yeah, and we've already had the character development, so now they can they can really deal with the storyline. I mean, I just wanted to give a bit of an ode to the fact that this is in a that, that this is in a comic film uh, in the MCU universe. I mean, Google's been interviewed a lot. Yeah, yeah. Disney have done a film that's got people talking about representation and gender equality, and has brought up some really, really uncomfortable truths for a lot of people. And it's fucking yeah. Disney. But it's, um, but, but it's amazing. I mean, I, as I said, I was, I was, I was almost laden down by this sort of diversity message and I was stressed going into the movie because I wanted it to do well. And then Kugler's been interviewed by this and he said that, you know, they wanted to make a specific uh, subject matter, but they wanted some of the themes to be universal. And, and it is an ode to the comic universe and the comic and, and the MC films community. Uh, they've always had people with super powers, 
people who are sort of outcast from society, people who are very different than you. I mean, you know, you've got the whole sort of, you know, you've got space kind of thing. And it's almost as if I'm a community that always knew and always understood others and wanted to. And it's almost the mainstream that we're behind. It's it's almost perfect that it is in this space because, you know, we're all geeks and we, we love this stuff. Um, and ultimately, it's a really good, you know, it wasn't a great movie. Uh, maybe some of the messages would have felt too heavy, but it is. And I think we live in far further societies now, and people actually do care. And I think when I heard people say that in my comments, I just felt so proud because actually we're not that different. You know, of course, someone who's white, who's my neighbour, my friend, my best pal, can understand this. You know, just like as you said, I mean, I'm a black man, I'm a wonder woman. I don't have to be exactly like them to understand what they're going through, and that was important to me. Yeah, and it, it, that's important to to us because. It, you know, we we did the preview, and it's it's hard to approach these topics because we're not of a background of of, of any difficulty. You know, I, I'm open that I had a, a fairly boring upbringing in the countryside, and I'm white and 2.4 kids and all the rest of it. And you know, I I, I know I for a lot of perspectives sit from a position of privilege, but it doesn't mean I take it for granted, and doesn't mean I don't respect other people's backgrounds and, and religions. Viewpoints on everything, you know. I'm going to have to put up with Stu's, but everyone else's, I, I do respect. Um, but, but that's Jeez, my point. Wow. <laughs> I, laughed, um, I laughed a bit too loudly there, Stu. <laughs> it's because I, I couldn't not put a bit of a dig in there. Um, but I, no, we do. I, I genuinely, and we, we talk about some subjects on here, and, and we love to get other people's viewpoints. And um, Mark, who is a very, very close friend of mine, who I've never had the luxury of meeting. Uh, you would class him one of my closest friends and you know he he talks from south africans perspective a lot of the times and has some really interesting viewpoints he's had a lot to say say about this that's that's well worth people's time yeah yeah Yeah, it is and and there's a lot of people i i I respect so many people for their for their standpoints and viewpoints just not Um, me yeah i do i do do. Ah, um got yeah but you know, it's nice that we can, like you said, uh, we're allowed to enjoy this film as well. It's 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 a film that's made for everyone. It's it's a film that should be, be a lot of messages, but should be learned from it. I I completely agree with that. Um, it's, but it's definitely a film made for it's everyone. It's inclusive. You know, it's made for everyone to it enjoy. It's not. You can go in and you can enjoy it. Audience. You can enjoy it at its base level, which is a superhero a film set in Africa film. with great yeah. action, great plot, and a great villain. Or you can look at it solely as a political film. You know, it's dealing with a lot of issues that go back hundreds of years and it really hammers home some some big heartfelt messages. Or you can take both of them and say, well, in that scene, it's a great comic film. In that scene, it's a great political film. And in that one, it's actually both at the same time. And that's well, why well it's so... It's the combination. It, it's, of a com- it's a complete really, film. Yeah. It's got everything. It, it makes yeah. you laugh. It makes you almost cry it makes you whoop and holler and it makes certainly it's made me think a lot yeah and, and i don't like the big get, thing to take away from emotional it. last year because because i'm thinking <laughs> no, no, <this laughs> i do occasionally i almost went back to all the times you know when i was jumping up in my seat when a koya came on in the casino when i was almost crying at killmonger's death i mean it was just yeah you go through this roller coaster with this movie, and it and it moves effortless, effortlessly through those scenes and themes and focus, and you almost don't realise it. No, well, that's the thing—you don't. It, it's—I uh, mean, I—I I 
tried to take it all in as much as I could. But then there's occasions you just have to step back and go, shit, this just looks amazing. All that action scene's incredible. You can't, you can't always go completely in depth in a film because that's not, you, you need to take other elements out of a film and an enjoyment of a film. And that's the whole well-roundedness of this, this film. But ultimately the messages it, it, and emotions it brings to the fore are just exceptional. And, and we always talk about the storyline is, is the kicker in all of these, the scripts and the story are what I care most about. And, and the, the greatest comic book films in, in our generation, for me, Dark Knight, Logan, Civil War, which it's got much more emotional input than people would like to give it credit for. Because um, Christ, there's a couple of scenes in that that really get you. And it's, 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 it's bold and it's brave and it's different. And I think it's about time, really, that we have such a, you know, like we said, it's Disney, yeah, but they're leading they're leading cinema in a lot of ways by, by giving directors license to produce such exceptional films um, and making their own visions and, and bringing them to the fore for everyone to enjoy and, and take huge messages from. And yeah, I just think that should be celebrated. And I think the world is voting with its ticket sales and, and, and then the, the, the wonderful kind of reaction that's coming out of it and the messages that are coming across. It's, it's a pretty powerful experience and a pretty powerful thing for cinema. And the more that happens in cinema, and that's the same for, for the kind of female movement that we've had and, and, and lots of things that are very long overdue. Um, and, and it's about time really. Should we briefly end on the MCU and, and, Stuff have we got time? It, it, <laughs> seems, it seems a shame to not actually end on that because I think that's a really think, good note to end on. I think we should end on that. Um, it's it's the film because it's a standalone film and there's a lot more discussion for us to be had about the MCU in the future because um, Infinity War is, is just around the corner, um, which is pretty damn exciting. So that's uh, been a wonderful conversation for me. I really enjoyed that. Um, thank you so much for coming on, Zara. I really do appreciate your time. And I know you did want to come on and have these discussions. So it's it's a real big pleasure for us. I, for me, Black Panther was so I mean, when I found out that it was it was it was getting done and then I think the whole of twenty seventeen I was just tweeting about it. I couldn't wait. I was you know, even the soundtrack, everything about this film has just been so amazing. Uh, and I think I think when you guys did your preview pod, I, I think I just spent the whole time tweeting back at you you did <laughs> you did <laughs> it was i mean it's just so it, it's like i've been waiting for this movie for so long and i didn't know i was waiting for this movie that's you what know? the best films do to you honestly yeah. you go and see a film occasionally and you're like christ how did i live with this not in my life do you know what i mean there are films that do that to you there's the odd film for me that just picks me up from a place that i i anything else kind of struggles to, to reach. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's pretty powerful cinema, um, especially when it's done this well. Where does this rank for you in terms of the MCU? I mean, for, oh, me, yeah, it's that's... The same, for me, it's the same as Civil War. Wow. It's, it's, yeah. it's currently in third for me behind Is it that high? Wow. Civil War and um, Winter Soldier. But it, th- that third spot was Homecoming and then it was Ragnarok and was homecoming that high? I love it. Are you it. a modern? Are you a modern? Are you are you a, Are you thinking more in in terms of present? Because 
I'm thinking it, it's hard to really rank them until about 12 months later. I think it really needs to settle down. But I think that by this time next year, I'm going to have trouble picking three because we'll have, it had, definitely hits we'll have my had top infinity. five. It's easily top five. It's just whether it creeps into the top three and whether it can do that for Infinity War. But in terms of the importance of the films, it's number one, maybe number two after Iron Man, simply because Iron Man was where it all started. Yeah, having rewatched Iron Man recently, that really, I struggle not to bring that into my top five as well. So this probably goes. What about you, Sarah? You say oh, for it, me it, you say for it's me it's joint, with... it's joint, joint one. Okay. It's it's, it's pretty high. It's, and that it, that's very it, deserved. I can. Anyone, yeah, and it is. I'd be I'd be yeah. surprised if somebody said that you know Ant Man was their absolute favorite, like number one, because <laughs> it's a good film. But I, it, I it's not. It's not, not a bad. game changer. It's it's a brilliant film for what it is, but, but it's not it that deep. It's not got that level. Yeah, this is a game changer, and and there's a couple of films that have been game changers, and and they need to be you know respected for that. I think Guardians is a game changer for what it's done in comic books because it's just it's so different and it was so bold and it just gave other people license to go shit. We don't just need to focus on being serious and action and broody, and we can make a light-hearted comic film, which is you know, different, you know, it's it's done that and then there's going to be spawned a load of shit that comes after it because people want to copy it, but it, it it's what happens. But it's not a game changer in the same degree as this because this is just a, this is more than just your typical comic book film. And, anyway, and, for, far and, more. For, and for me, I think, I think whether it stays at sort of joint one, you know, or whether it becomes number one is down to the fact that, Cap, you know, Cap, Cap is just such a wonderful character and yeah, those yeah. two films are just so emotive and they've got, they, they've developed really well. So if Black Panther 2 could develop in this way, I mean, it could stand alone and be the best. I don't know. But, but at the moment, certainly one, one of the best. If you're a Cap fan, you can just come on anytime you want. That's fine. Oh, that's, that's, that's the... I, I do not get the Iron Man love. I'm that far gone. Yes. For I'm that far gone for Cap. Gags in your face. Um, <laughs> we'll definitely finish on that note because any the best note to finish on, if it's not serious, it's in your face, gags. Yeah. Right, um, thank you very much for everyone that listened. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, it's been a load of fun um, and a really good discussion. And I hope everyone loved the film like we did. And if you didn't, go and watch it again um, and just think about things in a different way because it's not just a great film; it's a great message and and it's a it's a long standing you know, message. I think this film will kind of span generations and there's a film that I think people can be proud that's been made and the impact it's going to make. Right, take care. We will be back with you soon. God, there's lots to come, but yeah, we are going to do a female superhero next. Um, and, and Iron Man and big film, small indie film called Infinity Wars that we need to preview in the forthcoming weeks as well. So, take care. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.